Good morning and welcome to Wednesday the 17th of November. I'm Zara Seidler, joined by Billy Fitzsimons, political journalist at The Daily Oz, and this is take two of our podcast today because technology does not like us. Nonetheless, we will jump into the news of the day. So Billy, take me through what is happening up north. The Northern Territory has recorded nine new cases of COVID-19, triggering an extension of the current lockdown in Catherine until at least next Monday. Chief Minister Michael Gunner said the new cases are all household contacts of the previous two cases and are all First Nations people. One of the cases is a 65-year-old woman who has been admitted to Royal Darwin Hospital. Moving over to South Australia, where the government has introduced a mandatory vaccine policy for all staff and volunteers within schools, preschools and early childhood facilities. The education workers must have at least their first dose of a COVID-19 vaccine by the 10th of December and must be fully vaccinated before the school term begins next year. So that is bound to drive up vaccination rates. Police are investigating a theory that William Tyrrell fell from a balcony at the home of his foster grandparents in Kendall on the New South Wales mid-north coast in 2014. New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller told 2GB on Tuesday, I'm confident that the team who has the investigation at the moment can solve it. And today's good news is that Sesame Street has announced it'll feature its first Asian-American Muppet. Named Ji Young, the new character is, quote, a spunky seven-year-old who loves to play her electric guitar and is always willing to play a song with her friends on Sesame Street. Over the last few days in Melbourne, we have seen a number of people out on the street protesting and we thought today we would run you through why there are demonstrators out there on the streets and what it is they are protesting against. So Billy, run me through this piece of legislation that the Victorian government has passed through the lower house and is hoping to pass through the upper house. The Victorian government proposed this new set of pandemic laws and the purpose is to grant the government powers to declare a pandemic and enforce public health orders. So according to the Victorian government, the reason for this change is to ensure greater accountability in parliament as the key decision makers will be publicly elected officials rather than unelected public health officers. So just to clarify what that means, currently and throughout the entire pandemic, we saw the Chief Health Officer, Brett Sutton, getting up and speaking about health orders and legislative changes that were being brought in to protect Victorians. What this proposal is aiming to do is move that power away from the Chief Health Officer, who isn't actually elected by the Victorian people, and moving that responsibility to an elected official. So in this case, the Health Minister, who would be Martin Foley. Martin Foley said this yesterday about the piece of legislation and what the government hopes to achieve. A model of uh, reforms to the Public Health and Wellbeing Act that we've introduced uh, today, uh, as the Premier has indicated, are modelled on particularly New Zealand and New South Wales uh, equivalent legislation, but take us further and uh, cements this Victorian Parliament and this public health response as the most accountable transparent and public health focused system uh, in the Commonwealth. 
So Billy will run us through what the criticisms have been in a little moment, but it's important to note that the government has already introduced the legislation and already amendments have passed the lower house. So these amendments were a result of the Victorian government working with certain crossbenchers to achieve an outcome that worked for both of them. And where they landed and the amendments that passed mean that the Premier, whoever that might be at whatever stage this happens, will need to have, quote, reasonable grounds to declare a pandemic. The financial infringement, so the penalty for people who would have breached public health orders, has been halved. Some other key amendments include there will be better protection for the right to protest. There will also be an independent oversight body that will be appropriately resourced and can hold public hearings. The publishing and tabling of public health advice will need to be done sooner. There was also clarification that pandemic orders can only differentiate groups on the basis of characteristics where such factors relate to a serious risk to public health. Yeah, and this was a big one. So this clarification directly addressed some of the concerns that were raised by critics of the bill. And human rights protections were also strengthened in the amendments. While the government and certainly the crossbench have made clear why they see the need for this legislation to pass through, there is a strong opposition to the bill. And Billy, we saw this in our comment section. We posted about this yesterday and it's really very divisive. It's been clear. So do you want to take me through what some of the criticisms are and what people are saying about the bill? So before these amendments came in, there was a lot of criticism, including from the Victorian Bar, who was one of the most prominent voices criticising these new laws. The Victorian Bar wasn't the only ones criticising the amendments. The Victorian opposition has also criticised the bill with opposition leader Matthew Guy declaring he's, quote, never seen such an attack on Australian democracy. So while we've seen criticism from the legal profession and the other side of politics, there has also been a strong opposition that has manifested in these protests that we've been seeing over the last few nights. Here's a grab of why some protesters said that they were showing up. This is wrong for Australia. I'm standing here for my grandchildren. We believe in choice and we feel like those choices have been taken away. And the protests have really escalated these past few days. On Monday night, a group of demonstrators were seen with an inflatable Daniel Andrews on a makeshift gallow and protesters were also chanting, kill the bill. It's also become quite personal, especially for some key crossbench MPs. Animal Justice Party MP Andy Medic told The Age that his house had been targeted by, quote, abusive protesters who had arrived and demonstrated in his personal space against the proposed law. We've also seen reports of used condoms and really, really visceral language being sent to these crossbenchers in regards to their support for this bill. And so the bill is expected to pass the upper house before the current state of emergency expires on the 15th of December. We'll certainly keep you updated on anything that happens to this bill and especially if and when it passes the upper house. Until then, if you're looking for something to listen to that's a bit longer form, have a listen to Billy's second podcast from Young, Dumb and Informed. Today's episode of Young, Dumb and Informed explores the challenges that many young people face when it comes to accessing mental health services. And we know that given the past two years we've all had, demand for mental health services has never been higher and also accessing mental health services has never been harder. Give it a listen, let us know what you think and most of all, have a wonderful Wednesday.